If you would love to support us, you can over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Head on over and buy Rachel and I a cup of coffee to help us keep the podcast on the air. You can also join the VIP Royal community, which is £4 or roughly 6 bucks monthly. And for that, you get a Zoom call with Rachel and I every month and also an exclusive Facebook group. So come on over, K-O-F-I. The link is in the show notes. Grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's let's keep keep up with with the the Windsors. Hello and welcome to Keep It Up With The Windsors. My name's Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to our part two coronation special. Wow, we have had such an amazing coronation time. We hope you've had a wonderful time with your family and your friends celebrating the King and Queen's coronation at Westminster Abbey. Just so you know, Royal Community, this will be a very brief slight edit on today's episode because I am away on holiday and so in order to get all of these podcasts out and ready for you uh, we can't do a really real deep edit on these so apologies if you hear any background noise or if there's a bit of speaking over each other we're just rolling with it it is a live episode Rachel right let's talk coronation so last week we had our experience of being on the mall but this week we are going into depth about the coronation all of the build-up to it the actual coronation itself the coronation concert we're going to talk about the big help out we've also had the photos of the king and queen in all of their regalia so there's lots to keep up with shall we start with before the coronation we saw a lot of the royals out on walkabouts we did there was a reception at Buckingham Palace and as the king and the prince and princess of Wales were coming back down the mall the cars stopped and they got out and they started to greet the crowds it's so exciting and you know what for all community we were about half an hour away from this yeah we missed it by a smidge so it is what it is you just got to roll with the punches but Rach we also did want to do some shout outs right yeah, because the, the day before, William and Catherine went to a pub in Soho and Alejandra and Danny, who came to our meetup, actually met Catherine. Oh, what I loved most about this weekend was actually hearing Alejandra and Danny's experience of meeting Catherine. And it was special, wasn't it? It was like a moment, a pinch me moment. And Alejandra is from Guatemala. She came all the way over for the coronation celebrations. And to meet Catherine was just such a highlight for her. Yeah. And even Catherine couldn't believe that she'd come all that way. Cause she, yeah, I know. Danny's from the US. Yeah. She came over with her husband and it was one of those things as well where we live in the UK. I mean, we met the king, but we never meet the royals. And the fact that these people have come all the way across the world and they meet Catherine. (laughs) It's such an amazing thing and they will treasure those memories for the rest of their lives. And that is the power of being a royal, isn't it, Rach? That is the power and good speed to them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So they did have a coronation dinner beforehand with lots of dignitaries and royalty. I'm just assuming what would be on that menu? Coronation quiche? Coronation quiche, probably. I'm thinking 
local produce or produce from high growth places like that yeah. with a little bit of Fortnum and Mason thrown in of course <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Fortnum and Mason oh I love that so Rachel and I were chatting on the mall in the evening beforehand and we were speculating how must it feel for the king and queen right now in their beds and knowing this big day is ahead of them you know are they getting any sleep what are the thoughts that are going through their heads, you know? And also knowing that thousands of people are just right outside their house, <laughs> just waiting them for, to come by in a carriage. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. The atmosphere was amazing. If you do want to head on over to YouTube and actually see our vlogs from the day, they're up there ready for you. Keeping up with the Windsors, just type that into YouTube and it'll come up. Let's talk about the coronation, Rach. Let's talk about it. Where should we start? Well, I think we should start at the beginning of the service. That was just a moment in itself, seeing the king and the queen walk into Westminster Abbey about to be crowned king and yeah. queen. We've been waiting for it for such a long time. Well, it feels like such a long time. I tell you, I had this deep-seated sadness because in order to have a coronation, it means a monarch has to pass away or, you know, abdicate, or in this case, pass away. And I really miss the Queen on this day. Also, the one overriding thought I had throughout the whole of it, this may sound really silly, Royal Community, so hold on to your hats. I didn't realise how joyous it was going to feel and how happy the ceremony was. Felt like a wedding to me. That's a strange thing, but it was such a joyous occasion. I was overwhelmed by how positive it was. And I think for me, what I absolutely loved was the inclusion of the orchestra and we have the choir, but we don't just have the Westminster Abbey Choir. Um, we also have women and girls singing, which is absolutely not a thing. This is new, isn't it? And I yeah. thought it, was, it added such a wonderful tone, the way in which they incorporated different aged women into it. I just thought it was chef's kiss. It was. And I think the king had a lot to do with that, didn't he? Oh, yes. So let's talk music then, Rach, because we broke down every single bit of music in our 114th episode, Countdown to the Coronation, wasn't it? We were talking yeah. about all that. So if you want to know more about that, head to that episode. But for me, Andrew Lloyd Webber's song, I absolutely loved that. And obviously, the king of all king of songs, say Dr. Priest, <laughs> I cried my eyes out on it. I honestly, no, no word of a lie, it was incredible. Do you know what song I loved was the song by the Gospel Choir? Yes. Again, the first time that a Gospel Choir has sung at a coronation. Yeah. And I also really enjoyed Sabrin Turfill and the choir. Again, the first time a Welsh hymn has been sung at a coronation. So we're having Go all these firsts. <laughs> we're having all these firsts. And the fact that we'll talk about this later, but we saw him at the coronation concert. Yeah, we also had another first and that was the multi-faith aspect of it and bringing that into the music when the king was having all of his regalia given to him like the spurs and the, the ring and the sword the Byzantine chant began which was song 71 and it was a Greek choir and what I loved about this and Hugh Edwards said this on the BBC he said it marks the respect for Prince Philip and his yeah. origins and Rach when we were listening to this live over the town on the mall you said to me this sounds a bit sinister what is this music <laughs> and actually it was this chant and I have to say out of everything obviously Zadok the Priest to the side this gave me absolute 
chills. This was one of my favorite parts of the whole ceremony. It was special. Yeah, and I think for me, there were certain pieces of music that were performed and sung that really got me emotional. Yeah. And I thought Zadok the priest was going to be one of them. And don't get me wrong, that was a moment in itself. But actually, just hearing the voices of all those people coming together Mm. and the crescendo of the orchestra was fantastic. Ah, fit for a king. Fit for a king. Absolutely. I loved the bit where they were like, God save King Charles. Long live King Charles. But that bit was just, again, gave me chills. And the fact that Charlotte and Louis were saying it as well. (laughs) No! Let's talk about Queen Camilla. Because I have to say, I thought that her anointing, her crowning was going to be a lot longer. And it wasn't. It was a very short part. Yeah, it was really quick, wasn't it? It was like, right, you're not the main focus right now. I know. (laughs) We'll just do this side bit here. You're Robin, he's Batman. The only thing that (laughs) did get me a bit was when Queen Mary's crown was placed on her head, she kept flicking her hair. And I was like, just leave it. That's the shot that they want. Do that after. Because you could tell she was like moving it because it was obviously in her eyes. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, oh no, that bit did get me a bit. And then you could see as she went to her chair that she had that was next to the king's, she saw her children and her mm. grandchildren and she gave them a, a smile. And I just thought that was such a sweet moment. I'm going to put the tone down a little bit. So Royal Community, if you have kids around, uh, just lower the volume slightly. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> The ring was placed on a very weird like <laughs> placement that looked a bit rude. I think they could have got a better placement for that ring. It was just weird the way in which it was placed. I was thinking, that's just, I've never seen like a ring, a holder like yeah. that. Yeah. I liked it when they put that glove on. Like just one <laughs> oven glove, just one oven glove on the one side, but not on the other. <laughs> I'm joking, Royal Community. Obviously, it wasn't an oven glove. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the most sacred part of the coronation, the anointing. When I watched this, I looked at Charles and he was being derobed by... Who was he being derobed by, Rach? Johnny Thompson. <laughs> Johnny Thompson. There was a vulnerability to King Charles. There was this stripping, this bearing away of his role. And it was just him as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then when he went behind the screens, that was very different to the Queen's. Because she had like some kind of awning, didn't she? That was brought yeah. in on sticks. And I was expecting that. And then there was these screens. And the screens, oh, they were so colourful and beautiful. And the screens actually had the names of all the Commonwealth countries, which I thought was such a lovely touch. Yeah. The whole of the Abbey was very colourful. I actually love the fact that the people who were bringing the screens in, they didn't look in between the little gaps. Yeah. Well, you felt like a changing room, didn't it? You were like, oh, you know, don't look at the gaps. Because you could see the Archbishop of Canterbury kind of in between that. And obviously they had turned the mics off at that point and we we don't know what happens in that moment we don't know if Charles says anything in that moment we're not privy to that but what I found was really interesting I was like oh we've not seen this before is the fact that he had been anointed but then they took the screens away and he was still sat in the chair yeah with just he's playing clothing on yeah and I felt like I was intrusing a bit on that moment I I understand what you're saying because you're expecting him to be transformed at that point, but he was still with God. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. 
And I wrote this little bit down because this is what our favourite Hugh Edwards said on the BBC. He said, the king is shielded by the coronation chair from a distance. Sorry, no, I said that. I wrote that down because they did a a long shot from the the top of the abbey and the coronation chair was actually at the base that turned away from the crowd. It wasn't facing the, the rest of the congregation. And I found that very interesting because that is the sacred part mm-hmm. and it was just for him and for God. Um, so I found that quite interesting that even from a distance, the coronation chair was you know, like protecting Charles when he was kneeling down doing his prayers. And then this is what Hugh Edward said. He said um, he is robed with the, co- now I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to give it a go, Colobian Syndonis, which is a sleeveless linen tunic simplifying simplicity and then the super tunica which is embroidered gold coat and then a girdle belt and so his equerry johnny thompson put the tunica on put the girdle belt around him and then he sat back down in the chair so again like you said rach we're expecting him to have had all that on and like that was part of the ceremony but he wasn't he was still quote unquote vulnerable And I really did connect with that moment. And then all of a sudden, he has all of this regalia put on him. He has all the power put on him. He has all the jewels. He gets the crown. The one thing I will say about this coronation is it was so symbolic. And for a a ceremony that's been going for thousands of years... I was so humbled by it. I just wanted to know every single thing about every little item. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? When I was listening to the commentary, Hugh Edwards said that when that tunica went over him, that was the only piece that was new, that was made for King Charles. Everything else has been used at previous coronations, even down to the robe of state, which was worn by his grandfather, King George VI, at his coronation. Yeah. And we have seen that Queen Camilla has Queen Mary's Queen Consort crown on. I am going to say something controversial. I didn't actually like it with the four tiers on the crown. Mm. I preferred it with the eight. You could tell it was different. It was Camilla's, but I actually liked it as Queen Mary's in its original form. But I think, don't forget as well, they added the Cullen and Diamond. So Mm. I think because they added so much into it, they wanted to simplify it in a way, even though it's not simple. But let's actually talk about Camilla's outfit shell because she was wearing a Bruce Oldfield gown, which was made from silk fabric with gold and silver embroidery of daisy chains, forget-me-nots, Kellandine and Scarlet Pimpernel. The hem and the cuffs featured the flowers of the Four Nations and embroidered in gold thread were her rescue dogs, Bluebell and Beth, and the names of her children and grandchildren. It was so personal to her, wasn't it? And it, it was. speaks a thousand words to her loves, her passions in life, and what matters most to her. Absolutely. I just love these little touches because it's not until you really look up close that you see these details. And I actually messaged you when we got home and I was like, oh my gosh, Bluebell and Beth, they're on the dress. And you were like, oh, stop it. (laughs) I know I've been crying enough today. Please don't. I just thought it was quite a juxtaposition for me to get used to Camilla wearing the Cullinan necklace mm-hmm. because I've, I've seen Queen Elizabeth II wear that and it was like a big clunky moment for me oh hang on a minute the Queen's not here anymore now those jewels belong to Camilla and she looked beautiful I thought actually when we saw her coming down the mall that is probably the most spectacular I've ever seen Camilla look 
And I'm still going to hold true to the fact that that look for her is my favorite look I've ever seen her in. She looks etc. One thing I did notice that I hadn't seen before, I've not picked up from the photos, but when I was actually watching the ceremony was if you zoom in a bit, you can see that normally she wears a cluster of bracelets from Van Cleef and Arpels. Yeah. And she was just wearing this simple gold, tiny little bracelet with a gold cross on it. Oh. And it was just really simple and beautiful and perfect for the occasion. Yeah. And also you don't want to take away the eyeline, I guess, from the big spectacle, <laughs> which is the jewels, right? I mean, yeah, she had enough, jewels. She had enough like gobstopper <laughs> jewels on her, right? <laughs> totally. I think I could probably do a PhD on the coronation. <laughs> it's so interesting. I loved it. I just thought it was such an amazing way to solidify church and state. And I really appreciated the symbolism and what it meant. So it was super, super special. And to have this experience like we did, Rach, I just feel really grateful for that. Because not only did we get our experience on the mall, we get to go home and then watch your coronation. I get the experience everybody else had as well. Let's chat then about the other members of the royal family mm. harry was there rach harry was there now i've got to admit royal community i've not been fussed in the sense that harry being there it didn't really make a difference to me a lot of people were saying was he strategically placed because he was sat behind anne who had on her military uniform and she was wearing a massive plume on her hat yeah, and a so red feather wasn't it like a big yeah. one and so most of the time, his face was actually covered by Anne's hat. Do you think this was deliberate? The thing is, we can't ever say that the royal family, they leave nothing to chance and everything is thought out and then actually say, no, that was an oversight. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows whether that was strategic or not? It, it was interesting to see him. We've said it so many times before. I'm glad that he went because Charles is his father at the end of the day. Yeah. But to me, it didn't make a difference that he was there or not. I was quite surprised the kind of narrative from the papers in particular didn't run with Harry at all. From my perspective, we're so used to not seeing him now. So when we do see him, it's like, oh, there he is in the nicest way. So actually, we don't look for him anymore. It's like we're used to having him not around. And I tell you who did also make an appearance... The Middletons, yes. which obviously solidifies their place. They're not obviously in the royal family, but they have an important role because they are the other side of the family to the future king and obviously Prince uh, Louis and Princess Charlotte. Yeah, and to a future queen consort as well. Exactly. And I think they are a massive support to William and Catherine. And William's always said that they welcomed him with open arms and basically treated him like a normal human being, right? He wasn't yeah. Prince William. He was just William, their daughter's yeah. boyfriend at the time. Exactly. And can you imagine how special that feels to be treated like normal? That's such an anomaly in his life. Shall, shall we talk about the outfits? Let's go. Yeah. So if you listen to our previous episode, you know we was on the mall and we were trying to get that shot. We wanted the photo to confirm if any of the royals were wearing tiaras because there had been such a debate about it for weeks and weeks before the coronation. And we were waiting and waiting. And then we finally get to see a photo of Catherine. And she's not wearing a tiara, but in a way she kind of is. Yeah. 
In a way, she kind of is. What did you think of her headpiece then, Rach? I loved it. The headpiece was by Jess Collette and Alexander McQueen. And it's silver bullion, crystal and silver thread with a three-dimensional leaf embroidery. Honestly, when I saw this, I gasped. I mm-hmm. just absolutely fell in love with this. I thought it was such a beautiful way of gaining attention without being center of attention. And we also heard, Rach, and correct me if I'm wrong, but actually King Charles asked them all to wear their highest honor robes, which I was not expecting at all. I was expecting them to be in an all white gown beautiful but all white and then just have a sash this was absolutely the best thing ever and can i just say how amazing Catherine looks in the union jack colors because she's been wearing (laughs) union jack the whole of the coronation weekend (laughs) we just think she can't knock it out of the park anymore and then all of a sudden There it goes, out of the park, again. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things as well, because, again, we had heard for weeks there would have been rumours, there's going to be a floral headpiece and there's not going to be tiaras. But actually, the formal robes and the mantle without a tiara was at the request of the king. So the king did not want the ladies wearing tiaras. This was the perfect solution because it was a headpiece and not a tiara, but it looked like a tiara. Yeah. So we got our tiara moment, which on oh, when we was on the mall, I said, I'm not mad at it. Like I can't be mad at it because she looks absolutely stunning. So she was wearing an ivory silk crepe gown by Alexander McQueen. And the dress features silver bullion and thread embroidery featuring the rose, thistle, daffodil and shamrock rotis, which are the flowers of the Four Nation. Yeah. So you've got that symbolism there. She was also wearing Queen Elizabeth II's diamond festoon necklace and Diana's pearl and diamond earrings. Now, one thing, again, we will say about this is when you look at the dress that she's wearing with the robes to the coronation, it looks very different to what she's wearing in the official pictures. And there is a reason for that because the dress that she was wearing at the coronation, it's the same dress, but she had a cape like what Charlotte had over because if you think those robes that she was wearing, the tie on that is so heavy. If that brushes up against the dress, that could mark the dress. And this is an Alexander McQueen dress. You do not want to mark it at any point. And plus as well, when you look at the Royal Victorian Order, you look at like all of the metal work that's actually on it. That is very very heavy. I loved the details in the actual cloak. I thought her heels were very high. I actually thought she could have had a smaller heel because I was scared that she might fall. She digs the high heel now. Oh, I want to say something really important. (laughs) Go on then. Really important. I don't know about you, Rach, but during the walkabout when she came out before the coronation and during the pre-coronation dinner... She was wearing some really sexy heels. Mm. We haven't seen a little bit of sexiness on Catherine for a long time. And I was like, yes, girl, you got it. Flaunt it. That's she's what I in thought. A, she's in her 40s. She's a new woman. Bring it on. I can't wait to be 40, Rachel. I can't <laughs> wait to get some sexy heels on. I really love this about Catherine. And again, we had William in his regalia, in his robes. We had, OMG, 
George, wow. George his looked family just absolutely keeps knocking fantastic. It out of the park. Yeah. He did, and he did his grandfather proud. He should be so chuffed with himself at how well he did. And don't forget, he's only nine years old. And it's all the nine. other boys were 11, 12. They had a few years on him. Yeah. And George did not put a foot wrong. And there was moments in the ceremony. I was kind of annoyed because where the king was placed, you could still see Camilla and her pages of honour. And I yeah. was like, I want to see George. But there were some points where the cameras did go to him and he was looking quite pensive. And I just thought, oh my gosh, is he thinking in his head, this will be me in mm-hmm. years to come? And there was a point when we was on the mount, and I think you said it, Shell, was George will be at his grandfather's coronation. He's going to be at his father's coronation and then he'll have his own coronation. Yeah. And to be nine and to be part of it as well. So he's going to be part of three coronations. He's not just going to be a attendee of a coronation. He's actually going to be included in it. And that's something we didn't actually mention about the coronation. William, with his honour to the, uh, the king and him holding his hands, saying his, his honour to Legion man. Yeah, Legion man, right? Of life and yeah. limb. Of Honest, life and limb. Yeah, that was a moment. That was a moment, especially when William touched the crown and then he kissed Charles kissed, on the he cheek. He kissed Charles, yeah. And it was just one of those moments. And again, it must be really strange because George will be saying those words to William. When that part happened, people were actually cheering, weren't they? Oh, it was electric on the mile. Absolutely electric. I know we mentioned this last week, but when stuff is happening in the coronation, on the mile, there are still military processions happening and they go into the beat of the music that's coming out of the tunnel. It was so special. There's cannons going off. There's people cheering. There's God Save the King every five minutes. It was amazing. <laughs> it really was. Let's talk about Charlotte, shall Oh, let's do it. Catherine's mini-me. She is a mini-me of William, but the mini-me in, in the this. sense that what yeah. she's wearing. Yeah, and what she was wearing. So she as well was wearing an Alexander McQueen dress and a cape oh. <laughs> in ivory silk crepe, again featuring the rose thistle, daffodil and shamrocks. The headpiece again was by Jess Collette and Alexander McQueen, exactly the same as Catherine's, the way it was designed, but it was just a bit different. So Catherine's had more height, whereas Charlotte's was more of a headpiece as such. Um, And if you listen to Countdown to the Coronation, I actually said, I think Charlotte will be wearing flowers. And this again was that perfect balance between it's not flowers as in an actual flower, but it's a flower motif. And she just looked impeccable. Her hair. Can we talk about her hair? (laughs) Oh my goodness. We've never seen an updo like this. Because don't forget, she's only eight years old. Yeah. This is quite a grown up hairstyle for her, wasn't it? It was. And I thought, um, again, she handled herself very well. And one thing I will say, and I hope this does happen, I just really hope that they have that relationship like Charles and Anne have when they grow up. And it does seem that way in which we see them both. You know, Charlotte's very astute and with the rules and she really does support George through certain moments. We saw him at the funeral, didn't we, where she was supporting him through that. And I just really hope for them to have that relationship. But here, she was supporting Louis, wasn't she? She was holding his hand. Oh, that she was walked so in. Cute. I know. And also, you could tell there was moments where she just knew that she just needed to sing out. They knew the words of the whole of the national anthem. We don't even know the whole of the words. We know the first verse, but they knew the second. We're like, oh, they're putting us to shame. Can we talk about Sophie? Hello. 
Let's talk about Sophie. Hello. Sophie. Go, girl. Sophie looks incredible. And I actually said over on Instagram, I hope we get to see a full shot of the actual dresses without the robes. And yeah. we have got those from the official pictures. Her dress was designed by Susanna London. The detailing of this dress, the embroidery, yeah. just yeah. impeccable. This dress had been worked on for about three months, the designer said. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the attention to detail was there. And you couldn't really see this in the official portrait, but the dress actually has a cape at the back of it. And again, this is all embroidered with flowers. Yeah. She looked incredible. You know, we've had such a big year this year, lots of things happening. But I'm hoping that at some point these outfits will go on display so we can actually go and have a proper look at all the details. That would be amazing. And again, we've seen the coronation regalia and outfits of Queen Elizabeth II, which were absolutely spectacular. And these will not disappoint as well. Again, like you said, Rach, from a distance on TV, you're not going to see that. But when we actually saw over on the Instagram, it was beautiful. Beautiful. There was absolute craftsmanship that went into that and love and dedication. And we said a couple of times on the podcast way back when, oh, someone knows out there what everyone's wearing. And you could just imagine the amount of hours it took for them to do that whilst we're actually having these conversations way Mm -hmm. back when. I guess the only thing in my mind that was different from what I thought was the high honor robes that they were wearing. Apart from that, what they actually wore was what I was thinking that they were going to wear anyway. Yeah. Um, But it was so lovely to see Anne. She had the Order of the Thistle cloak on, didn't she? She had her military uniform underneath because she was the gold stick in waiting on the mall. Uh, You said, there's the hobnob. And I went, well, the hobnob, hobnob. I was like, ah, we love you. So if you ever hear that on TV, that was me. (laughs) Big shout out. And honestly... This lady, she's she's up there for me. You take away all the Catherine and Sophie and the Queen and Charlotte. Lady Louise, one of the best dressed. Didn't she bring it? One of the best dressed. She was wearing Susanna London. Yes. She was also wearing a Jane Taylor Mil- Milnery hat. Mm-hmm. The colour on her looks incredible. Incredible. And she has got naturally curly, wavy hair. But mm. it was like she had it straightened and then curled. Yeah. And she just looked so mature so beautiful she's only Mm. 19 what a standout for me she was yeah i honestly think what lady louise wore was what you would wear to a royal wedding rach yeah (laughs) i saw her i was like oh that's so rachel style and i thought she looked absolutely beautiful there was a softness a femininity to it that was so fitting for a coronation and the fact that james was wearing a top hat (laughs) Bring it on. Yes. If you're not going to wear one at the coronation, when are you going to wear one, right? Exactly. I'm with you on that. What I loved seeing was the Duke of Kent. We had the Gloucesters. We had Prince and Princess Michael of Kent. It was such an occasion, a celebration of this new Carolean era, so to speak. Charles and Camilla have been criticised in the press for looking quite grumpy during the coronation, Rach. Have you heard about this? I have, but come on, they're in their 70s. They probably hardly slept the night before. The weight of the crown's on their head. Then they're (laughs) in the rickety gold state carriage. Oh my gosh, that thing was moving like a jelly on a plate. It was so bad. Give them a break. They've had a lot going on the past few weeks. A lot. And also as well... Now they are crowned, obviously they have been before since September, but that was them giving a promise to God 
as a servant of the people. This wasn't a jolly. This was a very serious thing. And yes, it was a joyous occasion, but this wasn't the time to go, ah, yes, now I'm king. Yay. That's not the way that it is. So I think people's expectations of it are very different. We also heard, Rach, that Camilla may possibly have hurt her back as well Mm -hmm. the the day before. And if that is the case, then she's just been in these really uncomfortable carriages and she might be a bit in pain. We don't know. So it was a bit uh, perturbed by those comments. They are in their 70s. They are having one of the biggest roles given to them that you can ever have in their 70s. In their 70s. It's just incredible. But I will say that actually when they got back to the palace and they came out on the balcony, probably to them felt like a relief, like the hard part is over. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And they did look joyous and there was that fantastic shot, that Chris Jackson, CJ. CJ. They were looking out to the crowd. The red arrows were coming past. You could see the back of their robes and that shot was absolutely perfect. This is the first time you and I have witnessed a coronation firsthand. What are your overall thoughts about it then? I'm glad it was only two hours in the sense that what more went on in the four hours that was in (laughs) Queen Elizabeth II? I know she had a lot more homage paid and things like that within that ceremony. We kept hearing a stripped back ceremony, but this didn't feel stripped back to me. This just felt like the perfect balance. I agree with you. It felt like a festival of celebration. There was such an eclectic range of music, range of faiths that came and honoured King Charles. And that says everything about the man. You know? And we have to mention as well, as the king was leaving Westminster Abbey, he actually stopped and he spoke to those different faith leaders. Mm. And that was at his request. And I think yeah. that says a lot about him. I think overall now, having a bit of distance from it... I just really enjoyed it. It was such a joyous day. And I was so happy for Charles and Camilla at the end of it that they got through it with such a faultless service. It was impeccable from the way in which everybody looked to the music. Also, Rach, does every Archbishop sound the same? The Archbishop of Canterbury sounds like any other person I've seen. And they've got yeah. that voice, haven't they? He's quite, he's quite monotone, isn't he? He's quite yeah. monotone. So we've had the coronation and then we have the official portraits. The official pictures come out. And the first one that comes out is the iconic shot of the king. And he has the orb and the scepter in his yeah. hand. And he's wearing the imperial state crown. Mm. And he looks fantastic. But Shell... There were people that were saying, he doesn't look straight. Why isn't he sitting up? Why is the crown tilted? I was oh my gosh. You can't win. Yeah. (laughs) He's king. He gets to do whatever he wants. And not just that. Like we said, he's 70. People in their 70s don't have the best posture, do they? (laughs) They don't. Doesn't matter if you're a king or not. And the crown probably wears a ton. So that's probably pushing him forward a bit. Don't forget, we're so used to seeing that iconic image of Queen Elizabeth II, Mm. she was 25. I haven't actually seen Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. And that's something that it made me want to do, go back and watch that coronation. Because again, there is a vulnerability. We see a person in their 70s and then a young person. It seems such a juxtaposition. So I'm really interested to go back and watch Queen Elizabeth's coronation. I absolutely loved the, the photos. I thought they were wonderful. Yes, okay, Maybe the crown wasn't straight. Maybe they weren't all when they were in together, right in the middle. 
Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Can we talk about Queen Camilla's portrait? That was fantastic. She was slaying. She served. She served. And then we get the picture that we were waiting for, and it's of the working royals. Yeah. I was looking at them all individually, but the bit that got me that was that Edward and Sophie were holding up Alexandra. I know. Oh, honestly. Wow. She has mobility issues, and I think she wanted to stand with everybody else, and they said, we will help you. Yeah. How amazing. It was so lovely. And the fact that we had the Duke of Kent there, who was at King George VI's coronation, who was at Queen Elizabeth II's coronation, and now he's been at King Charles III's coronation. Yeah. Not many people in history can say they've been to three coronations. I know. You've said this numerous times on the podcast, Rach. Those members of the family were very popular in their heyday. You know, I hate oh, saying yeah. heyday because they're still going. They were super popular. Now they seem to have moved into obscurity unless you're a royal fan and you know them. But they are so integral to the working members of the family. There were a lot of comments saying most of the working royals are over 70. We need some younger blood. And a lot of people were calling out Lady Louise, Rach, on Twitter. Did you see this? I didn't know. Yeah, they were just like, you need to step up, you need to do some work. But then I think, what about Beatrice? What about Eugenie? What about Zara? Can we as well, we just talk about the facts that Anne was standing next to Charles. Oh, oh, honestly, <laughs> my heart melted when I saw this. Absolutely melted. It's a picture with a million words. It really is. It just tells you that, like we've said before, that connection, that bonds that they have. I do hope, though, in the future, and there has to be, these photos have to be in circulation at some point, there's got to be a picture of William and Catherine and the children together. And I would love to have a picture of just, say, for instance, Edward and Sophie together or Edward Sophie with James and Louise, like the actual families together, just on their own as individual families. Um, And obviously, the shot that I'm really hoping for is the King, William and George I think we will get it. I think we will. I think they'll drip feed that over time for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's got to be that photo because, again, that's history, isn't it? It is. Rach, we have to do a massive shout out to the socials. Oh, my goodness. This is what we have been asking for years and they have come through. Whatever videographers they're using, keep it up. We need that behind the scenes. We need that uh, real cinematic shot. Those reels that came out from Kensington Palace and also from the Royal Family Socials, that is, you know, the footage we are after. That was a chef's kiss for me. Yeah, exactly. That video that came out from Kensington Palace and the first shot is, you can see Charlotte and she's, wow! wow. Yeah. (laughs) Even though she's the princess, she's excited by the day. Like, she just can't wait for the day. She can't wait to get into the car. And then we just have all these other different shots and it it was just a perfect montage and it really just captured the essence of the day. And I also love that it wasn't just about the Waleses. They did have the king and the queen in there as well. Yeah. More of this, please. It brought me back to when, at that time, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge had their 10th wedding anniversary, saw that video, and it was very artistically shot. This was this, but more Instagram, more social, more reels. And yeah, that spoke a million, like, we put all of our emotions all in this one reel. Yeah. Please, more of this on the socials. It's a winner. Shell, that's Coronation. Yeah. Absolutely amazing day. 
Now let's talk about the coronation concert. Wow. <laughs> All you can hear in these past two podcasts that we've done is us saying, amazing, wow, incredible, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I was gutted that we didn't get tickets for the coronation. We've got the episodes on the concert ticket fiasco. It was a bit of a nightmare. But when I was watching the coverage, the like half an hour pre-show on BBC, it was so lovely that uh, 15,000 of the people who were actually there were servicemen and women. They worked in the NHS. Anyone who helped out during COVID, there was also people from King Charles and Queen Camilla's patronages and charities. I am so happy that they got those tickets. And in the end, I was like, I'm glad they're having a wonderful time. They deserve to have a wonderful time. And I have to say, I'm glad I didn't go because I was so tired from the night before. (laughs) My legs were throbbing. I had to stay in bed the whole day. And I was just actually relieved. And it was wonderful to watch the coronation with my headphones in as loud as I want to and my noise cancelling. And to enjoy it with the duvet on and my PJs on. And I tell you what, I cried, I laughed, I sang, I clapped. I was texting Rachel, we were voice noting. (laughs) (laughs) It was just one thing after another, wasn't it? It was really funny when the king and the queen turned up, they said on the commentary, because they were actually having an interview with Nicole Scherzinger, Scherzinger, and they had to interrupt her because it was like, oh, they've got here early. They obviously want to start the party. And then we saw the first time we have seen it, Charlotte Curtsy and George bowed to the king. It's the first time. And I saw that. I was like, I've got to post that on Instagram. I have to post it. It was (laughs) such a moment because we've never seen that before from them. There was so much palaver about this concert saying all these acts have been invited and nobody wanted to participate. I said to Shell, I don't care because what I'm seeing in front of me is amazing. It's absolutely incredible. I didn't know how I was going to feel watching the Coronation concert, whether it was going to be like B-listers. I hate to say that because we've heard of all this stuff. This concert was pitch perfect. King Charles has such a beautiful ear for music and art. And I should never have even thought about it. Of course, it was going to be amazing. Of course, the people there were going to bring their A game. Oh my goodness, the Coronation Choir, the Commonwealth Choir. I was crying my eyes out. I cried probably about 20 times Okay, this and Coronation. We're not the biggest fan of hers, but Nicole Scherzinger singing Reflections. Oh, we love Reflections. Oh, oh my God, Mulan. I- I sang that at school. I sang yeah. that as a solo at school. Yeah. And it must have done everyone. And they had these big banners with love. And I think that was the theme. The theme was love and service, which is exactly what being crowned is all about, isn't it? And what I enjoyed was obviously they were trying to get the stage set for different performances. But in between, it was a, did you know? And there would be like a fact about the king or the queen. I voice noted, Michelle... And I was like, oh my gosh, they did not just show Charles dancing. There were some really lovely facts in there, wasn't there? There were. Like, I, I, I didn't know he was part of the magic circle. Did you? Know? I, I didn't know that. I think Dynamo was like, yes, he's part of the... Oh, I just literally dropped my phone on the floor because I was that excited. <laughs> oh, gosh. For my some, magic trick roll community. Yeah. There were certain points where it was accidental brought together that you never thought would go together but they fit really perfectly yeah can we talk about Lucy 
the pianist. Oh my goodness. And the fact that she was a part of one of the charities that Camilla yeah. was a patron of. Yeah. I was well, like, she- this is such a perfect fit. Yeah, because she she was known from a TV show here in the UK of people who come to train stations and play piano. And she became famous from that. How beautiful was her playing? Oh, and it to was do that incredible. in front of 20,000 people. Oh. And, and then who knew that Shakespeare would go together with somewhere from West Side Story? Everything was just breathtaking. Everything. And then, oh my gosh, you haven't even spoken about one of the best parts. The whale drone. <laughs> oh my God, don't even talk about the whale drone to me. I'm going to cry my eyes that out. Fun. That oh. was incredible. The way it was moving. Moving. And, oh my and gosh. The world community, if you haven't watched the Coronation concert, we're spoiling it a little bit for you, <laughs> but try your best to watch it. In the middle, there was a section that was about nature and Mother Earth. And the fact, as we know, the King Charles cannot endorse these. Um, now he's king. Um, he has a different role. And it, and the song was Don't Forget About Me. Oh, my God. I'm going to wait. I'm just thinking about it. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. Why am I crying? Um, I can't believe I'm crying. But it was like him saying, I know. I. Oh, my God. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> Like, he can't do that anymore. So we still have to, like, wave the the flag. Yeah, Yeah, we have to. We we can't forget about it. So, yeah, I just love this bit. I don't know why I'm so emotional. Honestly, it was just act after act was just incredible. What was absolutely hilarious, and Michelle and I were voice noting each other, (laughs) Lionel Richie comes on (laughs) and he starts with, now I'm easy, easy like Sunday morning. And he goes, this very's like, and then he was all that long all night like it was the way it was he was elongating his vowels i was like what are you doing and then we're all kidding sophie's got the moves and she was going you could tell i honestly rachel i think this is what happened all the royals put all their favorite acts into a bag (laughs) and like into a magic hat maybe from the, the magic circle from King Charles and they just picked him out and one of them was Sophie's with Lionel Richie because she was bringing it she was going but even Zara and Mike were they yeah. were jamming out to them yeah. and Charlotte and George were on their feet everyone was waving flags and dancing yeah. and they had these wristbands that glowed in the dark it was incredible that- can we just talk about two stars Kermit and Miss Piggy who <laughs> tried to go with Hugh Bonneville <laughs> that's my she- girl she wants to be a lady. But well, the funniest thing is at the end, Kermit was in the royal box with the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> no, what was funny was Miss Piggy calling Charlesy Wellesy. <laughs> and then we also had like a little sketch from Winnie the Pooh, didn't we? Talking about the red squirrels with Charles. And then we had Prince William's speech. Oh, just epic. Just epic. Paul, we're all just so proud of you. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, William, what are, you, what are you doing to me? I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> oh my God, the stage. Do the dad joke, the dad joke. <laughs> the dad joke. Oh, but the old like, long joke yeah. about Lionel. <laughs> you he said, but, not, but he said, he said something like, I'll make this quick. Or it was something along the lines of that. And he was like, but unlike Lionel, I won't be all night long. <laughs> and then they panned to Catherine and Catherine smiled and laughed at the same time I was like oh is this what he's like I know he's like (laughs) it's such a dad joke but there was a moment where William pledged his allegiance again to his role as heir apparent 
Yeah, because he didn't he say, I dedicate myself to the king, the country and and the Commonwealth. Yeah. And then he finished with God save the king. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I know. But we also missed a little tiny bit in the middle where he said that Granny would be proud of you. He didn't say those words. I'm just I'm trying to remember what he said, but it, it was spectacular, wasn't it? Like just that touch. Yeah. Of she's up there watching and she's proud of you. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, don't. I got on a bit my throat. I got And they went to the kids and Charlotte saw William come onto the stage and she tapped at George and she went, look, George, it's Papa. Oh, Papa. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh. This can't get any better. It can't get any better. And then it does get better. And then it does get better. <laughs> oh, before you get on to what I think you're going to talk about. <laughs> It does get better because there was a moment where Paloma Faith is singing and then certain cities, parts of the UK, light up and then they lit up the Wales and Millennium Centre in Cardiff and then there was a Welsh dragon, dragon drone yeah. and I screamed so loud. I was like, look at that drone. Love it. it was amazing. We're loving the drones. Keep bringing the drones. And then my favourite band in the whole entire world comes out, Take That. Yeah. <clears throat> Jason Orange wasn't there or community. I was I was upset. We had our fingers crossed for you, Rach, but it just didn't happen. I know. I was upset, but so they opened up with Greatest Day, which is one of their biggest hits since they come back. And I'm not a massive fan of this. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan. And I said, I actually said to Michelle, they should have had Katy Perry as the last act because she came out with Firework was her last song and that was amazing. It was incredible, wasn't it? And then yeah. when Take That came on, it brought the tone down the slightly. Down. Yeah. Yeah. The pace then, went down a little bit. Yeah. So we had Gary singing Greatest Day and then Mark was singing Shine. Yeah. But then... I saw a little boy choir come out and I was said to Michelle, I was like, it's, it's, it's never been yet. Which is one of their biggest hits from when they were a boy band way back in the 90s. Yeah, they've come the 90s. back, haven't they? They've been back more than shit. Yeah, they have. If you listen to the song, never forget, it does start with a boy, a choir. boy choir. But then all these other choirs started coming to the stage and I was yeah. just like, oh my God, this is going to be absolutely epic. Yeah. And then I look and they pan to Catherine and Catherine's singing. I was like, she's... <laughs> He said, take that fan. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. But there's a bit where it's like, where everybody claps like, shh, shh, duh, 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 duh. Yeah. and everybody was on their feet. Everybody was doing it. Even yeah. the kids, even Kermit. Yeah. Everybody- Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was rocking. Everyone was loving life. I remember screaming down the phone to Michelle. I was like, this is the perfect ending. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And I am going to say this real bold statement, Rach. That is the best version of Never Forget you will ever hear in your life. And the reason I say that is because not only did it have just the normal band, it had the military band, it had the orchestra, orchestra. it had the choirs. And those layers, you will never hear that song as good as what it was. It was impeccable. And I just cried my eyes out. I was trying to sing, but I couldn't because I was crying. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then Phil's trying to get some sleep next to her. I was like, it's my coronation concert. I'm so sorry. I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It was just the perfect end to the concert, I thought. It was. The only, only criticism I have of it is Bryn Turville and Andrea Pacelli. Absolutely excellent. I just didn't like the song choice. You'll Never Walk Alone. And it's synonymous with Liverpool Football Club. And I just didn't really like that choice. I thought all of the songs they could choose, 
I would have liked them to have chosen a different song. So for me, it was just a song choice issue. And the only thing that I didn't like or I would have changed was when they had the Coronation Choir, you could hear the choir on the stage, but when they were going to the choirs within the Commonwealth or individual singers, you couldn't even hear them. So it was, what was the point of them being on? Because they weren't even on a big screen. There was on a screen at the top of the stage. I would have just liked to have heard them. That was my only criticism of it. That's a very good point. And actually, what I think would have been nicer is if certain parts had certain lines of the song that they would sing. So it wasn't yeah. just the original singer singing it and holding it all together. They actually would pan to them because I didn't mind them being remote, but we wanted to hear them, not just hear what was going on on the stage. But I don't know whether that also might have been a technical issue. Who knows? Mm. I 100% agree with you with that. Absolutely. As you can tell, world community, all in all, a fantastic coronation concert. It was chef's kiss. It really was. It was really good. Excellent. And then to finish out the weekend, the whole coronation weekend, we have the big help out. But not only do we have the big help out with, you know, the usual suspects, we have the Princess Royal in Gloucester, we have Sophie and Edward at a guide dogs event, we have William and Catherine and all three of their children, which I thought was going to happen... And we have Louis' debut as a working royal at a scouts club. (laughs) I didn't even realise that. I know, obviously, he's volunteering. And I've said this on quite a few podcasts, but Rach, it's Louis' world. We're just living in it. Well, he obviously likes us more because William said, oh, that's it now. Like, he'll be happy for an hour now. And the way he was kind of I was exactly, I would be exactly the same. (laughs) And then we found out that Catherine calls him Lou Bugs. Louis Bugs, I know it was so cute. And let me say, and they call it, and they call Catherine Mama. Oh, yeah, they don't. Mama, yeah, Mama, because you heard him say he was looking around. He was like, Mama. Oh, (laughs) I love him. I was also really interested to see George with some power tools and to get a bit of more of his personality because he's he's very reserved, isn't he? He is really reserved. But did you see their Katniss Everdeen moment? Oh, I think this volunteering lab, that was good. They did some, uh, what was it? Shooting with the arrows. They did some painting with the hands and painting on a wall. But I think this was the perfect engagement for the kids because it was fun. Yeah, And it was a kid environment. There was lots of other children as well. So it didn't feel to them probably as though they were working, although they're there and they know they have cameras on them. It wasn't that type of environment. So I thought this was the perfect setting. And also we usually see exactly like at the concert, George wearing a suit and a tie. Mm -hmm. And this time he was just in his normal clothes, wasn't he? His Nike trainers, loving life. Did you see little Louis with the wheelbarrow? I love this bit. He was just like putting the dirt in and then off he went. Just Charlotte was wonderful. doing some painting. Yeah. They painted their hands and then they placed them on the wall and then it, they had their names. I, I didn't see if they wrote their names, but it said yeah. Charlotte, George, Louis. But then yeah. afterwards it said HRH. I did it. Are you joking? Yeah. Oh my God, what a flex. Who, <laughs> I don't know who put that on, but yeah. <laughs> I just want to say a massive thank you to you, Royal Community, listening for supporting Rachel and I through this coronation. It's been wonderful to have all of your messages it was the joy of our coronation to meet some of you Royal Community members out there and to actually chat with you and to share the mal with you. So thank you so much for giving us such special memories of this amazing occasion. 
And also just want to say thank you so much for listening, for supporting us and for being here because without you, we couldn't do what we do. I really second that. It's just been such an amazing weekend. We've had all this building excitement coming up and I'm all iconic and calm down now, really. Oh, we got the blues. We've got the blues. blues. What's next for us? Come on, Royal Tour. Royal Tour. Bring it on. Come on. Let's get out there. Royals on tour. It's just been an amazing weekend and a memory that we'll hold forever in our hearts to say that we was at the coronation of King Charles III. Wherever or however you celebrated out there, we hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. Remember, if you want to get more into the excitement, you can over on YouTube. We've got our vlogs there. We're also going to be having a special Carolean era episode next week. If you would like to support the channel and keep us on the air, you can over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. The link is in the description. You can buy Rachel and I a coffee or become part of the VIP Royal community in which we have a private exclusive Facebook group and also a Zoom call every month. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Keeping Up The Windsors Pod. You can also email us, keepingupthewindsorspod at gmail.com. And if you would love to, please head on over and review our podcast because it helps us be seen by more people. And also spread the love and share this podcast with anyone else you know who loves the royal family just as much as we do. Thank you so much for listening. From the bottom of our hearts to yours, thank you for being here. And we will see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up up With the the Windsors. Windsors.